I do want to thank you for being here, and it's just a, um, a real honor to be able to to just be a part. And um, however long we do this, I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. But I um, just want to remind you to, um, you know, if you haven't gotten my book yet, it's called uh, SOS, A 50-Day Journey into the Heart of God. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on um, Barnes & Noble. I have like four left here. If you want one, just send me an email at Tom in Sarah Ministries um, at gmail.com, or you can send me a message via Facebook, and I'll tell you how to get it, uh, you know, the avenues with which to pay for it, and then we'll, uh, it's $10 if you get it from me, and it's uh, $10.99 if you get it from Amazon and or Barnes & Noble, okay? Well, we're going to pick up, uh, yesterday we talked a little bit about the gospel and how it's mentioned in Genesis, actually, Genesis 43, it was 43, where um, where Judah actually was supposed to take and be responsible for the return of uh, Jacob's son. Now, he was called Israel, uh, you know, in that uh, starting in chapter 43, he was just called Israel. And then uh, a little later in 45, he was called, the Lord calls him Jacob. Uh, but then he's mentioned as Israel again from that point. So... It, you know, it is what it is. Um, there's so much into it, but I want to get back to Song of Songs. We're going to start uh, the second half of this um, love affair between the bridegroom king and the Shulamite woman. Now, you recall from chapter one when we were going through it that um, that uh, uh, the Shulamite is actually the, the female ending for the word Solomon. So... Uh, it's just interesting how this love where the two become one flesh. That's what marriage does. It makes, uh, it has this thing where you become, you are two, and now you become one flesh. So I want to go to chapter five here. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I just love the Passion Translation. So here we go. Starting with verse one. I have gathered from, uh, from your heart my equal, my bride. I have gathered from my garden all my sacred spices, even my myrrh. I have tasted and enjoyed my wine within you. I have tasted the, with pleasure my pure milk, my honeycomb, which, uh, which you yield to me. I delight in gathering my sacred spice. All the fruits of my life I have gathered from within you, my paradise garden. Come, all my friends, feast upon my bride, all you revelers uh, of my palace. Feast on her, my lovers, drink and drink and drink again until you can take no more. Drink the wine of her love until you desire, um, uh, take all you desire, you priests. My life within her will become your feast. After this, I set my devotion, uh, she says this, after this, my, I let my devotion slumber, but my heart for him stayed awake. I had a dream and dreamed of my beloved uh, he was coming to me in the darkness of night. The melody of the man I love awakened me, and I heard his knock at my door as he pleaded with me. Arise, my love, he says. Open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There's no one else but you, my friend, my equal. I need you this night to arise and come be with me. You are my pure, loyal dove, my a perfect partner for me, my flawless one, will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you throughout 
this dark night. Now you have to understand that um, that we we talked about this before in the previous uh, part, uh, verse chapter uh, uh, chapter five, the verse one and verse two a little bit. Um, that um, and 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 I want to get into this part where he talks about coming back. Now she says, "I let my devotion." slumber and a lot of times you do that you get used to what's actually happening around you and you get used to it and then all of a sudden your devotion and your pursuit of the Lord wanes and then you end up not going after him like you really uh, should be going after him and um, and what the Lord is saying to you today and what the Lord is saying to us is listen we have to keep pursuing he says, if you seek me, and that word is a continual seeking, if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. You got to seek him. You got to go after him. You got to love on him. And you have to, and you, and, and you go after him like there's nothing else. Because he's gone after you like nothing else. He has gone after you and will always pursue you. But you have to recognize that he is going after you with love, with passion, and unrelenting um, greatness. Now, I remember uh, when Corey Asbury had that song, Reckless Love, um, a lot of people, I went to the East Coast, and a lot of people were like distraught about the song because of that word reckless. And I'm like, well, you know, and you're thinking it in connotation of bad. Like it's something bad. Reckless is bad. It's not bad. Being recklessly abandoned to the Lord is what we need to be. And and it's like, yeah, you can include in this word relentless uh, or reckless that there is a relentless, relentlessness of the love of God for you. He's relentless in it. And he becomes reckless in loving you. All right? It's scandalous the way God's grace is poured out. It's scandalous the way God loves you in spite of who we are. It's scandalous. It's like, uh, it's like if you can imagine, if you imagine with me, please, just this idea that that God loves you unconditionally. No matter what you do, you can't make God not love you. He loves you. He's going after you. He sees you as flawless. He sees you as loyal. He sees you as pure. He, he sees you as a perfect partner. He sees you like that. Regardless of what you feel, that's how he sees you. Scandalous. You mean to tell me that this God will love me even though something happened, even though I will fail him. Even though I may fail him, even though I fall, you mean to tell me that he loves me? I've got to tell you, yeah. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He loves you. He will never lose that. What can separate us from his love? Can death, can life, principalities, powers, things present, things to come? What possibly? Name something that can separate you from God's love. Name it. Nope, that'll not do it. The unpardonable sin? Well, what do you think Jesus' blood paid for? If you repent, 
If you're still alive, you haven't committed the unpardonable sin. That's an argument for a different time with different theologians. I am not going to argue that with you. <clears throat> he tells her in verse 2, Arise, my love. He's telling her, Arise. We read that again in Isaiah 60. He says, Arise and shine. In other words, it's a new day. Get up, get out of bed. It's a new day. He, he, he calls out there, will you receive me? Her devotion has slumbered here. Okay? Her devotion has slumbered. He comes in the middle of the night and he knocks on her door and he says, I need you tonight. There's no one else but you. Girls, if, if your husband says to you, there's no one else but you. It just endears her to him. It has to be that way. There's no one else but you. He doesn't just say it. He shows it. There's no one else but you. He says, I need you this night to arise. I need you to get up tonight. I need you to arise. I need you to come be with me. He's, he's calling out to her. He's yearning for her. <clears throat> Beloved, you have to recognize that God is yearning for you. He's yearning for you. He loves you and he desires you. He has a passion for you and he's relentless in his passion for you. He's trying to find ways that he can bless you, that he can love on you. He's trying to, to be creative in how he shows his love to you. He says that she is pure. Well, you can go around and you can say, I'm not pure. Well, that's how God sees you. God sees you as pure. He's always calling out your destiny. Even if you don't feel pure, he's calling out your destiny today. Even if... Even if you don't feel loyal or you're not loyal, God sees you as loyal. And he's calling out your destiny. Even if you don't see yourself as perfect, as complete, God sees you as complete. Even if you don't see yourself as flawless, God sees you as flawless. You have no flaw. And then he says, will you arise? He says, for my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you throughout the dark night. God has called you and he's pursued you. He, and, and he's coming after you and he says, they're more than I can bear. This emptiness feeling, this, 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 this feeling of being put away or pushed away is too much for me to bear. Pursue him and come after him. She responds a little later, but we're going to stop there. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because God loves you, man. I just really feel the Lord on this part, that there is a love that God has for you and has a desire for you. 
he, he wants nations to, can I say, drink of that passion that you have for him. He wants nations to, 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 to drink from the fruit that's in you that, that, that comes from him. He says earlier in, in the chapter, in verse 1, he says, drink and drink and drink again until you can take no more. Just drink up. You know, I, I, I was um, just thinking about that, that, that part where Jesus turned the water into wine. Um, you remember that, that scene. He's like, you know, he's like, it's not my time yet. And yet he did it. How did Mary know that he could do that? he do it at home I don't know <laughs> but the thing is the wine of the Holy Spirit he says you can't put new wine in old wine skins because those wine skins will break you need new wine skins to put into the wine in other words you got to rethink your theology based upon Jesus based upon Jesus it's not based upon you it's not based upon your idea of what you think the scripture means it's based upon what Jesus meant it to mean can I tell you that 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 there is a hope that God is starting to bring about in the body of Christ today a lot of people are frustrated with the situations going on in society a lot of people are really frustrated about it. I'm one of them. But God is bigger than all of that. And if we get as frustrated with our pursuit of God or lack of pursuit of God as we are about these things that are happening around us, man, imagine what would happen. He loves you. He says this, my life within my bride will become the feast of the nations. Wine to bring joy. And we get the feast on it. So we're going to stop there. Today we'll pick up again tomorrow uh, or the next time. And, 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 um, and just know that he loves you so much. He cares about you. If God is for you, who can be against you? What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Not even death. In fact, if you're a believer today, death actually draws you into his arms, puts you into his arms physically. <laughs> That's awesome. Can life... Can things happening around you? No. Everything that tries to separate you from the love of God, according to Romans 8, you overwhelmingly conquer. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you guys. You have a great day, uh, and we'll see you next time.